my family. <clears throat> As Pastor Dennis said, my husband and I are executive pastors, <clears throat> sorry, uh, in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We moved about a year ago to Southeast Missouri with our two kids. And so we are adjusting to uh, the lack of Target and Chick-fil-A and all of the things. So you can pray for us. I had Mod Pizza and Chick-fil-A yesterday in the same day, but um, I, I have a picture of my family I want them to show. And I just, um, so this is my family and uh, that's Samuel. He's upstairs in Crown Point Kids. He's a 10 year old. He's a baseball star, so just remember the name Samuel Pritchett because he's convinced, as am I, that he's going to be a a major league player someday. So he said he's going to buy me a mansion on the beach, and so we're all cheering him on. Uh, That's my husband, Josh. He's been uh, suffering at home alone for the weekend, actually living his best life. He went fishing and spent the day outside, and uh, he's at our church today. And then uh, that's my daughter, Olivia Grace, and she is our uh, diva. She is a fashionista. Her outfit will always be on point, and if yours isn't, she will tell you. She'll help you, I mean. She'll help you out. Um, She is all passion. She feels things so deeply. She's nothing like her mother. Uh, Those of you who know me know that's not true at all. She's exactly like her mother, but she feels things so deeply. And so you can pray for me for that too, because she's seven going on 17 and we're just living the dream. But a few uh, weeks ago, my husband was talking with me. We were all talking as a family. He's like, well, what do you want, you know, for Mother's Day, what do you want to do? And she broke out in legit tears. She was both angry and devastated in the same moment. We're like, babe, what's wrong? And we acted like we care. I mean, we did care. We care, but it's just, it just happens a lot, you know? And so she's like, there's a Father's Day and there's a Mother's Day, but there is no Daughter's Day. And it's going to be all what you want, what you want to eat and where you want to go and what you want to do. And because I'm a good and loving mom, I said, Olivia, heck yeah, it's Mother's Day and I'm going to do what I want because 364 days, it's Daughter's Day. So on Mother's Day, I'm going to eat chips and salsa. I'm not going to share my Diet Coke and everyone is going to smile in the family photos because that is what I want on Mother's Day. And so happy Mother's Day to the moms and grandmas in the room. I hope you get to eat your Diet Coke or drink your Diet Coke and not share it. I hope if you want flowers, you got them. If chocolate's your thing that it showed up this morning. If you want a nap alone this afternoon, I hope you get it. Grandmas, I hope if you want a call from your grandkids that that's gonna come through. You know, some of you just want a day without dishes and diapers. Husbands, it's not that hard, okay? Uh, I hope that you get to eat your lunch without 10,000 interruptions. You get to stay seated for the entirety of a whole, whatever it is that you want, I hope you get it. And if no one offers it to you, some of the best gifts I've ever received, I bought myself. Okay. So you wish yourself a happy mother's day because you deserve it. Moms, we deserve it. Don't we? We spend our lives 24-7, 365, because everybody knows we don't take Mother's Day off. 24-7, 365, investing in our kids, every need that they have, every want that they have, every request that they have, the fourth cup of water after 8 p.m. bedtime, you know what I'm saying? We just lean in and we are there for our kids. And ultimately, though, that's the heart of a mom. The heart of a a good mom or even just an okay mom like me, the heart of a pretty good, okay mom is to lean in and to take care of the needs of her children. Am I right? We want to take care of them. We wanna wanna foresee their needs. We wanna know what they want. We wanna give them those things. We wanna answer when they ask. Everything that I do and all that I give, especially in this season with little kids in my home is for my kids. I consider them in every meal that I make. Will they eat that? No, probably not. I'm gonna make something different. I consider them in every holiday that I plan, every activity that we do. My kids are at the center of that because they are the center of my world because I care about them. I care about what they want. I care about what matters to them. Every every errand I run, how I spend my time, where my attention goes, what I think about, what I worry about, what I dream about has Olivia and Samuel Pritchett right at the center of it. What I do, what I say, even the things that I say no to and the things I withhold. It's all about what's good for my children. To the ability of my best wisdom and resources, I want to intentionally invest in my kids. And it's not just something that I do because I have to. It's not something that I begrudge most of the time at least. It's a get-to. It's not a have-to. It's a get-to. It's a privilege and a delight to spend my life to invest in theirs. 
It's just the delight of my life to bless them, to love them, to provide for them and to care for them. And you know where that comes from? That reflects the heart of God. I, as a mom, am made in the image of God. And part of that image is a generous father who loves, who delights, who's obsessed with you. He adores you. Everything that he does, every thought that he has, you're in the center of it. Every gift that he gives, all provision he has, has your name on it because the heart of our father, the privilege of the father is to delight and to bless and to provide and to give and to say yes and to love and to teach and to raise his children. And that's you and that's me. And the awesome thing for us this morning is that unlike my limited resources and unlike my finite wisdom, God has an abundant supply of both. He has an abundant supply of wisdom. It never runs out. He has the resources for every need you have, we have, they have, and around the world every person could have. He has so much more to give than you do. And he knows exactly when and how to give it. And so if you want to turn this morning to Mark chapter 10, we're going to take a look at our generous and powerful and sovereign God and and how he shows us he wants to bless us and provide for us and heal us and restores us. And he invites us this morning just to ask. In Mark chapter 10, uh, Jesus is traveling through and it says, and they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, it's talking about Jesus with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus was sitting at the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. You should just highlight that in your Bible. Bartimaeus calls out and it says, and Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling to you. Jesus is calling for you. He's asking for you, Bartimaeus, get up. And it says, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? I'll read it again. So good. What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This same story in Luke chapter 18 goes on to say that immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, everybody who was around when they saw it, they gave praise to God. Bartimaeus is this guy. He's been blind for we don't know how long. He's been sitting there by the gate in in Jericho. And when he hears that Jesus is coming, he's like, I got to get his attention somehow. Likely Bartimaeus had heard the stories that Jesus had been healing people in the region. He'd probably heard that Jesus had been making people who couldn't walk to stand and run. Maybe he had heard that there were those who couldn't speak who began to shout for joy. I don't know what Bartimaeus had heard, but we know that he had heard that there's a man named Jesus who has the power to reach you and to touch you and to heal you and to make you be able to see again. So when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming close, he began to cry out for Jesus. Even when the crowd is like, be quiet, Bartimaeus, hush your mouth, stop crying out. Bartimaeus calls out all the louder until Jesus takes note of him. And then in this beautiful exchange, we see Jesus say, what do you want me to do for you? I love that our generous God invites Bartimaeus close and he doesn't say, what do you need me to do for you? He says, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Because our God is a God who cares both for what we need and for what we want. He didn't say, what do you need? He said, what do you want me to do for you? He invited Bartimaeus to express to him his concern, his desire, his dream. You imagine that probably Bartimaeus had sat for a long time thinking, if only I could see. If only there would be something that could heal me. He had been dreaming of this day and Jesus knew it. Jesus knew what Bartimaeus wanted, but he gave him the opportunity to say it out loud. Tell me what you want. I'm interested in hearing from you, Bartimaeus. I'm interested in hearing your heart. I'm interested in knowing what concerns you. I'm interested in knowing what you think about and what you want. And Jesus was about to show him that he cared very much by responding to what he asked him to do. You know, we serve a God who already knows. He knows what you want and he knows what you need. And also we serve a God who does not owe us anything. 
He's already done everything. If God never did one single thing more for you and me, it's already way more than we could deserve. It's already abundantly more than we could ever deserve. And yet we serve a God who stops and says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And I just wonder in this place this morning on Mother's Day in 2023, not just to the moms and the grandmas, but the dads and the brothers and the sons and the singles, that that maybe God is saying this morning to your heart, what do you want me to do for you? What's in your heart? What are the dreams in your life? What have you been sitting thinking about? If only God would show up. If only God would heal my marriage. If only God would touch my son. If only God would heal my body. Maybe God is waiting this morning for you to ask. Maybe he's inviting you this morning to answer the question, what do you want me to do for you? And let me remind you this morning, he's not a bare minimum God. He's not a bare minimum God. He is an over-the-top, abundant, more than we could ask or imagine. So this morning, as the worship team was, was leading us and we're singing songs about miracles and, and the power of God and what he's capable to do, don't you know that the Holy Spirit is here priming your hearts, stirring your faith to believe that God couldn't just answer one of your hearts this morning. God couldn't just meet one of your needs. In this, if God showed up and touched one person this morning, it would be a miracle, but don't we serve a God who could touch every life? Don't we serve a God who could touch every body and every need and every relationship? And this morning he's asking you, he's inviting you to ask for what you want, to come to him in prayer, to tell him what you want him to do and how you want him to move. I just wonder if we don't have because we haven't asked. I just wonder what I'm living without because I haven't yet asked. Maybe we haven't been healed because we haven't really asked. Maybe we're not yet free because we haven't stopped and asked. Maybe we don't have peace because we haven't asked. Maybe we're struggling with our child and we don't know what to do because we haven't asked. Maybe we don't have the strength or provision or hope or comfort or you fill in the blank for you. What if he's waiting until you ask? What if he's inviting you this morning to ask? You know, there's so many times as a parent, I anticipate the needs that Sam and Olivia have. And I could step in and I could give them what they need and I could get them a glass of water because they've been outside and they're hot and they're probably thirsty and sometimes I do. But so many more times I respond to my children when they ask me for what they need, when they ask me for what they want. And we serve a heavenly father who sometimes waits until we ask. So why don't we ask? Why don't you ask? I, I think there's probably tons of reasons Sometimes I don't ask because I asked before and nothing happened. Listen, my kids ask me for ice cream every night and most of the time the answer is no. But sometimes the answer is yes. So no, yesterday doesn't keep them from asking today. And that's a silly illustration, but don't you know that you can continue to ask God for the things that you want and the things that you need. And just because he said no in their life, just because he said no to a different situation or last year or last month doesn't mean that you can't ask. Sometimes we don't ask because we have too much pride. And we don't like to see it that way. And we don't like to call it that way, but it feels very vulnerable to ask for help. It feels really vulnerable to say I'm struggling or I'm concerned or I have this dream or to admit that there is an issue, but sometimes we have to voice it and acknowledge that we don't have enough. Sometimes we don't ask because we don't trust that he can, or we don't think that he will. We don't trust that he can. Well, he's God, of of course he can. Well, if you believe that, then why haven't you asked? Well, well, what if he doesn't? And what if he don't? And and sometimes I don't want to ask because I don't want to be disappointed if he doesn't. Sometimes we don't ask because our problem feels too small. Like, look at their life. Look at what they're struggling with. Look at the things going on in this world. I'm not going to ask the Lord for something seemingly petty or seemingly small. But don't you know the root of that is a belief that it's too small for him to care or that he wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to him. We serve a God who says he's a good father and we're his children. There's nothing too small that my kids could ask me for. I care about the big things and I also care about the small things. I was sitting in a prayer with our staff about a week ago and my ear had been clogged for a few days. And I was just like, we were praying for our church and we're praying for missionaries. We're praying for people with cancer. And I was like, my ear is driving me crazy. And then I was like, why don't I just pray about it? So I, I put my hand on my ear and I was like, Lord, would you help my ear to pop? 
stop. And then I went back to praying for the missionaries and the people with cancer and the big important things. Don't you know that 30 seconds later my ear popped? And that could be a coincidence or that could be the answer to a specific prayer that I was bold enough to be like, God, would you help me? Nothing's too small. It all matters to him. And sometimes we don't ask because it feels too big. It just feels so incredibly out there. Like, Like if we ask for the supernatural, then we have to actually believe that God would do it or that he'd have the power for it. And so we don't wanna get our hopes up to ask for the unimaginable. So we ask for the safe and we ask for the small. And I just wanna say this morning, like what if there's a miracle waiting for you? What if there's a miracle waiting for your kid or your family or this church or your business? I believe that God wants to do supernatural, unexplainable miracles that could happen in this place this morning. Earlier, Pastor Dennis kind of addressed the elephant in the room that is Mother's Day. And, and Mother's Day is exciting and it's a celebration for a lot of people, but Mother's Day also carries a lot of loss for a lot of people. There's a lot of heart that's wrapped up in this day for those who are waiting for children, praying for children, have lost children, those who've lost their mom or are losing a parent or estranged from a parent. You know, I was just thinking that, that the Lord cares about those things and maybe this morning would be an opportunity for him to address those things. Part of Josh and I's story is that we struggled for years with infertility and, and we came on Mother's Day and it was a hard holiday for many years for us. But God, Sam and Olivia are here and God is the God of miracles. And so every Mother's Day that I can, I wanna remind you that God is a God of power. He's a God of, of come through. He's a God who answers. He's a God who cares. So don't give up. And maybe you've been asking and asking, can I just stir faith in you to ask again? <clears throat> Deep down, Sometimes I think we don't ask because we we don't think we should have to. Like, doesn't he already know? We assume that if he wanted to, he already would have, right? Like if God wanted to, wouldn't have he already answered my cry? But the picture that I see in the gospels of Jesus walking the earth is that almost every time someone was healed, someone received a miracle, someone had provision, something happened in the supernatural, someone asked him to do it. There was a need, something provoked it, a hurting father on behalf of his daughter, a woman who was bleeding and needed a miracle. There were, there were men and women who came to Jesus and they asked and he answered them. And so the picture that I have in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John is if I have a need, there's a God who has power, but I have to ask him to come and to meet that need. So we ask this morning because it declares our dependency on God. When we ask, when we say it, we're saying, God, I I trust you. God, I'm looking to you. God, I need you in this. God, I can't do this on my own. We're declaring that, that God, unless you move, there won't be an answer and we trust you to do it. You know, my kids ask me for a glass of water when they're thirsty because they trust I will go get them one. They depend on me to provide for them. My kids asked me for a dog for six years, believing that eventually I would get them a dog. And this is Daisy. They've had her since January because they kept asking and asking and asking. Now my kids have a dog. They ask because at this point in their lives, they can't get anything. They can't do anything. They can't buy anything. They can't go anywhere. Literally nothing happens that isn't dependent on me. And so because they trust me as their loving parent, they just go ahead and ask me. And then they depend on me. When we ask God, we're saying like, we can't, but you can And so we'll wait and we'll watch and we'll see what you do. We ask because we're declaring to God, we depend on you, God, we trust you. We ask because it builds faith in us. If we never noticed a need and everything was just poof, given to us and everything just happened and we never had to ask, we'd be tempted to think that we made that happen. We'd be tempted to think that that was because of my effort. That was because of my work. That was because of my money. That was because of what I did. Or, or maybe we'd, we'd just miss it all together. And we'd think that it, just, it was all just this big coincidence. We would miss the miraculous because we never voiced the ask and saw God answer. Asking gives us an opportunity to watch how God will answer. It builds faith in us. When I ask, I declare my dependency on God and he comes through and builds my faith. 
I was laughing at myself because as I was writing this message, I was thinking through of all these times that God had answered my prayer. And my first reaction is always, you will not believe this. Why is that my first reaction? (laughs) You will not believe this because we should ask like we believe that God will do it. And so when we ask and he answers, that gives us faith for the next time. This is what's true about God. God can be trusted. God gives good gifts. God is powerful. God is sovereign. God's a good provider. God sees you. He hears you. He loves you. He knows you. There's not a minute he's not with you. He knows every desire. He knows everything in your heart. He knows every want that you have. What's true is that he's protecting you. He's fighting for you. He's got this. He's holding your life in the palm of his hands. All that is true. But you know when I realize all that is true is when I ask him to come through for me and then I watch him do it. That's when I realize the truth of God's word. That's when it comes alive to me. That's when I realize that God is who he says he is. He's faithful to his word and he's with me. There's a few years ago and my husband and I were planning this trip to Florida. It was in the middle of of a really hard season. It was a really discouraging season and we had this opportunity to get away for a few weeks. We were gonna take our kids and go on this trip. So we had carefully mapped out like everything in the budget and all the activities, but we were gonna be in Orlando for three days and it was just in my heart so much to take my kids to Disney World. I wanted to take them so badly, but it was in my heart, but it wasn't in the budget. You know what I'm saying? And so it was in the middle of, of the season. And I, I remember I was, I was at the campground uh, at the Lake of the Ozark. And I was, I was on a walk by myself. And I whispered the wimpiest, unfaith-filled, like most self-centered prayer I have ever whispered in my whole life. I was like, God, would you just make a way for me to take my kids to Disney World? And I'm not lying to you. Three days later, I got a card from someone, uh, an acquaintance of ours that we knew. And, and for almost no reason at all, it had a $500 gift card to Walt Disney World. I had not told one person about that desire in my heart. I had not told one person that that's what I would like to do or that I had prayed or that I had asked God for something. But my good, generous, incredible, faithful God gave me exactly what I asked for. And you know what? It wasn't a need. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't even spiritual. (laughs) It became spiritual because God used it as a teaching moment in my life to tell me like, I love to give you the extra. I love to go above and beyond for you. But you know what? When God answered that prayer for me a few years ago and gave me something so seemingly insignificant and petty, it was this specific thing of God saying, I see you and I care about you. And it gave me faith for the bigger things that I was holding on for. It gave me faith for the things that I was really believing God for, the incredible, supernatural, miraculous things that I was desperate for God to do. It taught me to trust him when I asked and he answered. And so we ask because it builds faith in us, but we also ask because it builds faith in others. When you ask and the people in your life know what you're asking God for and he comes through for you, it's not just your miracle, it's our miracle. It's not just what God has done for you, but it's what God has done for us. Your kids need to see you asking God for things and then celebrating when God comes through for you. Your coworkers need to know the things that you are asking God for so that when he comes through, it's a testimony of his goodness and his faithfulness and God's miracle in your life can become a miracle in their life. When Bartimaeus asked Jesus to heal him in front of the whole crowd, he left following Jesus and they left having a praise party. Every person that was there was rejoicing. God hadn't healed their lives. He hadn't done a miracle in their body, not most of them. He'd done a miracle in Bartimaeus, but the whole crowd left rejoicing because Bartimaeus asked and Jesus answered. God gets glory when we let other people in on the miracles, when we let other people in on the things that we are praying for. So bring other people along for the ride. Don't you know that the word of God says to bear each other's burdens? I have to think that part of it is not because the weight would be too heavy for me because he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I have to think it's because he knew that when God answered me and you're helping carry that burden with me, that you would have faith that God will answer you when you need it, that God will come through for you because we watch him come through in other people. He says, when you're sick, call on the elders of the church. They get to be part of your miracle. He says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be because God shows up where his people are. God builds our faith when we agree together and God answers us. And here's what I actually think. There's a bold statement coming. The more we ask, the more we will see the miraculous. 
I really honestly actually believe that the more we ask, it won't just build our faith. It won't just build their faith. It won't just deepen our dependency on God. I believe that the more we ask, the literal more miraculous things we will see. You know why I believe that? Because the word of God says and shows us that when we ask, Jesus answers. When we ask, he he answers us. We should ask because we serve a God who answers us when we call. 1 John 5, 14 says this, and this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. John 9, 31 says this, if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Matthew 21, 22 says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And James 5, 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Uh, What I'm not saying is that he'll give you everything you want. I'm sorry, but we're not all going to Walt Disney World on his dollar, okay? He's not a vending machine and he's not a genie and he's not gonna give you everything you want, but what you can depend on and what I absolutely am saying is that God hears his kids and he answers when they call. We have to realize that, that, that he will always answer. He won't always answer yes. He will always answer, but he will not always answer the way that I want him to, the way that I hope he will, in the timing that I hope he will. And so maybe if you're thinking right now, is that true that he always answers? Because what about that one time when it looked like he didn't come through for me? Did he not come through for you? Or did he not come through for you in the way that you were hoping that he would? Our God always answers his children. Sometimes we think that he didn't answer, but really he just said no. He said, not yet. He said, you're gonna have to wait. Aren't those answers we give our children? On the daily, no, that's not good for you. No, that's not good for you right now. No, you're not ready for that. No, you're gonna have to wait on that one. We can't get angry when God doesn't answer the way we want or how we want or when we want because if he's waiting, he's still working. If he hasn't answered yet, it doesn't mean that he's not gonna answer you. If he said no, he still answered you. And because he operates for your good and his glory, you can trust him in that. You can trust that every answer he gives you, while you might not understand it, it's for your good and it's for his glory. And so even if you don't understand what he's doing, he knows exactly what he is doing. And so just knowing that he can, just just knowing that he could, Just knowing that he might is enough for me to ask. Just knowing that he could, maybe he would, and that he can is enough for us to say, God, because you know what's best. God, because you're in control. God, because your answers are always for my good. God, because your word says that you bring good out of all things for those who love you. God, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna ask you. Really quick, I wanna look at Mark 10 and how Jesus answers Bartimaeus after he asked. I I wanna show you this morning how we can come before our father and we can ask. Listen, you're called, called Jesus confidently. You have to ask confidently. You have to ask as if he's gonna answer. Bartimaeus obviously knows that Jesus has healed. He doesn't know that he's definitely going to, but he knows he can. And so he asks confidently. He calls out to him. He keeps calling out to him like this is his chance and he's not gonna let Jesus get away without him noticing him. And because he expects Jesus could make a difference in his life, he asked that Jesus would make a difference in his life. And he asked in faith that God would do something and God does do something. He answers him. Don't tell my kids I told this story after service, okay? But one of them, one of them uh, thinks he's a Jedi and he has a mind trick that he tries to play on me. And he says things like, uh, the answer is probably no, but could we X, Y, Z? Or he says, I already know what you're gonna say, but uh, do you think that we could? Well, and when he does that, I just wanna say no, no. If, if the answer is no, then no. And, but your, for your sister, it's, oh, I just told you which one it is. It's yes, you know what I mean? It just makes me so mad. Because he comes to me like, like I'm this horrible curmudgeon who's never gonna say yes to him. Thankfully, God is so much more generous and gracious than we are. But at the same time, why do we come to God like, you're probably gonna say no, but maybe if you could possibly think about it, would you, I don't know, come through for me? Maybe on the off chance that this would be your will. <clears throat> Listen, if he's the God 
who says over and over and over in his will, according to your faith, let it be done, then why don't you ask with some faith? If he's the God who says, because of your faith, you're healed, then why don't we show up and ask with your faith? If he's actually good, he's actually powerful, he's actually supreme, he's actually got it, then why don't we show up and say, God, I know your word says that you can give me peace, so I'm asking you in this moment, would you give me peace? God, I know that your word says, if I ask for wisdom, you'll give it to me, so God, in this moment, I need you right now, here, today, at work, to give me wisdom. We gotta ask like he's enough and then expect he's gonna give us an answer. We need to call out to him confidently. Second thing Bartimaeus did next, he approached Jesus humbly. He didn't come to Jesus with accusations or bitterness or anger. He didn't come like, like, why did this happen to me? Why didn't you show up years ago? Why have I had to go through all of this? He didn't come to Jesus and accuse him. He wasn't indignant or entitled or prideful, or accusing. He's just willing to humble himself before Jesus. In fact, Bartimaeus wasn't even afraid of what anybody else thought of him. He was willing to call out. He was willing to look ridiculous. He was willing to cause a scene to get the attention of Jesus. He was willing to risk it all. Why? Because it wasn't about Bartimaeus's ego. It was about the power of the one passing by. Listen, we gotta approach Jesus humbly, accepting that Jesus knows best and he's gonna answer And so we're gonna trust his authority and we're gonna come to him humbly. But then Bartimaeus calls him rabbi. It means teacher. And in this moment, he acknowledges Jesus's authority. Jesus, teacher, savior, Lord. What is he saying? You're in charge, Jesus. I acknowledge you as the authority, Jesus. Jesus, you know what you're doing. Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm relying on you. I'm looking to you. Can I tell you this morning that you can approach humbly and ask boldly at the same time? That those two things don't have to be a contradiction to one another. You can come before your father humbly, but you can also come confidently at the same time. In fact, asking boldly acknowledges our humility our inability to come through for ourselves and to trust in his power. Like we think we're humble because we're not bothering Jesus. We think it's humble to just sit and accept that things are the way they are and they're never gonna change or we'll suck it up and manage and just struggle through. Listen, that's not humble. That's kind of stupid. Don't be offended. It is humble to be confident and bold before your father. In fact, I think one of the most humble things we could do is pray bolder prayers. I think one of the most humble things we could do is acknowledge that there's a God who's so much bigger than we could even understand, that there's a God who's so much greater, that there's a God who could come through in ways I can't even picture in this moment. And so the most humble thing that I could do is to pray a bolder prayer. Mark Batterson says that bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. There's nothing that acknowledges the power of God like believing for something only he could do like believing for something that's so far beyond my safe and silly and comfortable and imaginable prayers. And so this morning, I just challenge you to approach humbly and approach confidently and approach boldly. And finally, the thing that Bartimaeus did is he asked Jesus specifically for what he needed. Bartimaeus didn't say like, I wanna be well. I want to be good. I want to be fine. I want to be whole. He didn't even say, I want to be healed. He said, let me recover my sight again. He tells Jesus exactly what he wanted him to do for him. Mark Batterson goes on to say in his book, Circle Maker, that the more faith you have, the more specific your prayers will be. And the more specific your prayers are, the more glory God receives. God gets the glory when miracles happen. When you spell out your prayers with specificity, it will eventually spell God's glory. Don't you know that specific prayers honor God? That specific prayers demonstrate your faith. And you know, he will not always answer the prayers in the way that you've scripted them. But as we've already talked about, he will always answer them and he will get the glory. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You know what that means? Ask, seek, knock. It's like ask and then just keep asking. Knock and then just keep knocking. It may take a minute. Listen, if the door was already open, he'd tell you to walk through and he says, knock at the door. Ask, petition, seek, knock. 
And it may take a minute, but resistance doesn't always mean a no. Sometimes resistance means that, that someone's waiting to open a door for you to walk through. You know, knock doesn't mean that you have to bang or beg. If you come to my house and you knock on the door, I will answer the door for you. You don't have to beg it down and you don't have to be there begging. It's the same with our heavenly father. He loves you. He wants to answer you. He wants to show up for you. He's waiting for you to ask because Matthew 7 goes on to say, in verse eight, everyone who asks and the one who seeks find and to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven good give, give good things to those who ask him? Your heavenly father, the creator of the universe delights in giving you good gifts. He says, how much more to you who are being evil? Like me as an okay mom, I love to give my kids good gifts. I love on Christmas when my kid asks for something so specific, like, like a sparkly unicorn towel. I'm like, where's that going to come from? But then I find it on Amazon. I'm like, yes, sparkly pink unicorn towel shows up and I gift her exactly what she asked for. I love to do that. He says, how much more? Does your heavenly father love and delight in giving good gifts to his children? He loves you. He wants to bless you. He's the creator of the universe. He owns it all. He has it all. He wants to give it to you. And maybe this morning, he's just asking you to ask. I want to encourage you this morning with one final thought from Mark 10. Bartimaeus is, is calling out and he's making a scene and he's loud and he's persistent. You know what I love in this story is that Jesus doesn't send someone to find out what Bartimaeus needs. He doesn't tell one of the disciples, you hear that guy screaming, go find out what he wants. He doesn't stay far away when Bartimaeus is over hurting and needing. You know what he does? He says, go get him and bring him to me. When you call to Jesus, he calls you closer. He cares about what concerns you. And like a good parent who leans in when their child is calling to them, our God calls us close and then he comes closer. What does he say in his word? He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I think some of us have experienced so much rejection that we're afraid that if we get vulnerable, if we ask, if we put it out there, that maybe God would stiff arm us that maybe he would keep us away, that maybe he would even stay over here, even if he did the miracle, that he wouldn't come close to us, that he wouldn't draw near to us. Let me tell you, our God is compelled by compassion. And if you, as his child, ask for something you want or something you need, even if the answer is no, he's gonna come near to you. He's gonna come close to you. He's gonna love you. He's gonna draw near to you because he cares about what you care about. He loves to love you. He loves to bless you. And so this morning, I just want to remind you that, that Jesus is coming close. He's so personal. He, he doesn't want to show up this morning for Crown Point Church. He wants to show up for you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to touch you. He wants to move in you. He wants to challenge you. He loves you. And he's coming close to you. In 2021, I was... Uh, doing what I'm doing now. I was serving on church staff and singing and sometimes teaching and I started losing my voice. And at first I would lose it for just like a week at a time and then it started being like two weeks or three weeks or four weeks at a time before I could recover my voice. And so while I sat in denial for a few months, I finally uh, went and I visited with a surgeon they did a scope and they found that I had these big, big nodules in my vocal cords. And so they scheduled the surgery for a year later. That would have been this past November. I needed a bunch of treatments and other procedures in the meantime. And so it was coming up on November and I was not looking forward to this consult with this other surgeon because I knew what was coming. It was going to be six weeks of not being able to speak at all. So my kids were like praying that it would happen. And then, uh, and then it was going to be 12 more weeks of like gradually being able to talk and speech therapy and the whole thing. And, and like I probably wouldn't even be doing this right now. And so uh, I was just really dreading it. And, and my best friend, she called me one day and she was like, listen, I, I don't want to hear you complaining one time when you have surgery next month. I was like, excuse me? 
it's going to be horrible. Like, I'm not going to be able to talk. What am I going to do? Da, 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 da. And she's like, no, you don't get to complain at all because you haven't even asked God to heal you. And I was like, well, I went to the doctor. They told me what they were going to do. I got a plan. I got a treatment plan. And she's like, but you haven't asked God to heal you. I'm like, yeah, but there's people with cancer and there's people with big needs and there's people like, this isn't life or death, right? I can, I cannot talk for 12 weeks at a time. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, probably the end of the story is I sat under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I thought, you're right. I haven't asked. I haven't asked God to touch me or heal me. And so I started to pray for a few weeks I asked my friends to pray with me. I asked some pastors to pray with me. And ultimately, I asked God to heal me. And I remember in November, I was sitting in the chair and they were about to do the scope. And I said one more time, I didn't beg. But I said, God, if you want to, would there just not be any nodules? And the scope goes down and the surgeon, he's like, there's nothing there. I was like, what? He was like, there's nothing there. And um. <clears throat> He started to argue with me. And he's like, I don't, I don't think there ever was anything there. I said, I saw the scope. They were big. And, and he's like, well, look here. And they were completely, completely gone. And so I sent a text to everybody that I had prayed. I invited all my friends and we went out for ice cream and we celebrated. I'm like, God, I just want to give you so much glory. Listen, that's the God that we serve, that when we ask, he answers. And you know, maybe he would have answered and let me have surgery. That would have been an answer too. And that would have been okay too. And he would have walked with me and he would have been with me and he would have provided for me. But I don't know that he would have healed me if I never asked him to. You don't know what God wants to do in your life and in your family and in your body and in your relationship if you don't ask him. We have to ask him. I'm just believing today that if we ask, he wants to do something incredible. In Romans 8, 32, it says this. He who did not spare his own son, God gave Jesus. He gave him up for all of us. How will he not graciously give us all things? Listen, do you know how you know that God wants to give you good things? Because 2000 years ago, he gave you his son. That Jesus Christ came left the throne of heaven, lived, died, and rose again for you so that you could have eternal life with him. And so this morning, if that's not the first gift you've accepted, if you haven't received him as your Lord and your savior, then then that's the best thing he could ever do for you on Mother's Day 2023 is to step into relationship with Jesus. But that God who's given his only son for you didn't just Give you Jesus so you could have eternal life. He wants you to have abundant life. He wants to do incredible things and there's no quota. There's no limit. There's no cap on what God wants to do in your life. So all over the room, can we just bow our heads? I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come. And in just a moment, we're gonna have an opportunity to respond. Maybe all morning, The Holy Spirit's been tugging at your heart about that thing he wants you to believe for. What do you want me to do for you? If Jesus was in the room this morning and we know that he is, and he would ask you the question, which I believe maybe he is even in this moment, what do you want me to do for you? Then wouldn't we all have an answer? Is there something that you're believing for and praying for and asking for? This morning, I wanna stir your faith to ask. In just a moment, I wanna pray for you and I wanna invite you to come to one of these prayer partners. But but first, if that's you, if you're in the room and, and, and maybe first you'd say like, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but that's the first thing I want him to do for me. It's to save me. I believe that he came. I believe that he died. I believe that he rose. And I I want him as my Lord and Savior. That's me this morning. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I don't want to call you out, but I want to pray with you. Wait a moment. Maybe you're 
in the room this morning and you say, there's something I want Jesus to do. Maybe it's something I'm desperate for Jesus to do. Maybe it's something I need Jesus to do. There's something that I'm believing for this morning. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray for you all over the room. I see you in the back. I see you. I see you. I see you all over the room. I see you on this side. Could we stand together this morning and we're gonna agree in faith. I wanna pray for you. And as I do, I invite you to just come. These prayer partners wanna stand with you. They wanna believe with you. We're expecting that there may be miracles in this place this morning. So God, right now, together we acknowledge you're the God who can. You're the God who has. You're the God with a perfect track record. You're the God who's shown up and you're the God who's healed. You're the God who's freed. You're the God who has healed of anxiety. You're the God who releases us from bounds of depression. You're the God who saves. You're the God who rescues. We acknowledge that there's nothing you can't do, that you have the power. And so this morning, in our own way, maybe all over this place, that you just begin to ask God for what you want, for what you need. God, we're asking you to show up. God, we're asking you to move. God, we're asking you to move in hopeless situations. I pray for those in the room, God, who are desperate for you to show up and touch their body and to bring healing, who are desperate, God, for you to come and bring freedom for their children, for those who are believing, God, that you would move and revive their marriage, that God, that you would chase down lost loved ones, that God, you would save failing businesses, God, that you would move and do miraculous, incredible things. God, we believe you're the God who can, and so we're, we're coming to you humbly, but with bold faith to ask that you would. Right now, if that's you and you're in this room and you want someone to stand with you and believe with you, people are coming. I just invite you to begin to come to ask in faith that God would move, that he would touch your situation, that he would touch your circumstance. We're just agreeing together, God, that you are going to mark this day as a day where faith is stirred, God, as a day where we ask or ask again. And we believe, God, that you're gonna show up and do incredible things. The worship team is gonna begin to lead us in a time of, of worship. I just encourage you, if that's you, if you have a need, don't miss this opportunity. We just invite you to come as we worship. We sing God with us, God for us, nothing can come against, no one can stand between us, God with us, God for us, nothing can come against, no one can stand between us.
There are people still praying at the altar, so please be respectful of that. I want you to have a wonderful Mother's Day, and I want you to take some time and thank Ashley. I appreciate her ministry. Uh, Great, great sermon for all of us. God bless you today. Happy Mother's Day. Bless some moms on your way out. Do not forget to grab a gift, ladies. The bunt cakes are for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.